Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. And today we talk to engineer, Mr. Dan Winter. Dan Winters spent his life researching how portals work and engineering its technology into a variety of energy healing equipment sacred geometry, architecture, high frequency, water purification, and more. So with that, Mr. Dan Winters, welcome to Merkava Chakras. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I think you have a, a very interesting audience, and I hope they're interested in the scientific part of these things, because we think we actually understand the electrical science behind many of the things that your group and have been talking about, like uh, Merkaba and lucid dreaming. We think we understand electrically, and the challenge is to put that in terms that you know the layperson can understand. Although I'm an electrical engineer with a background as a systems analyst, the challenge obviously is to put this in a way that's actually empowering for people to understand the pure principle. And that's why I'm here. I'm happy to share and happy to meet you. Oh yes, um, yeah. The audience, uh, I was like I was saying, most of the audience for the Macabre Chakras. Buddhism in the Fifth Dimension podcast is in Asia, um, India, and Russia. That's where most of them are. But there are many all over the world as well. And, and um, they love these topics. And I like the, uh, the perspective and the evidence that you have been gathering in your lifetime to support much of the material that we discuss. Uh, Buddhism is basically um, science made physical science understood and um the more scientific approach you get into these concepts of consciousness and metaphysics the more esoteric they become um so uh and we found that a long 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 time ago but i still love to um, introduce new ways to understand these metaphysics of our existence within um this matrix so we, we keep trying to convince people that physics and electrical engineering can make spirituality even more romantic and richer and more loving. <laughs> yes. Well, before we dig into your work, and we do have um, a couple of sites uh, that is in the show descriptions, you guys. So if you wanted to dive further into the science behind this, the contents that we talk about, go ahead and explore those links below. So before we dig into your work, can you tell us your story for how you even got into this work in the first place? Because that's not a normal mechanical engineer route to end up in metaphysics, consciousness, and energy healing uh, <laughs> engineering. Well, 
you know, I spent 20 or 30 years as an electrical engineer in the family electric motor business. <clears throat> but then at University of Detroit studying electrical engineering, I, I kind of got embedded in the psychophysiology, the biofeedback laboratory. So I was actually an electrical engineer building uh, polygraph electric biofeedback work. I mean, I was fascinated by how you could tell when a college student saw Playboy magazine by measuring the finger GSR skin resistance. So your resistance goes down when you see a pretty girl if you're a college boy, and that's measurable. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I became interested in the physics of emotion, actually, and we were the first laboratory with Albert X, University mm -hmm. of Detroit, to discriminate fear and anger in electrical terms. But then I went to the Gurdjieff School and studied sacred gymnastic and in West Virginia, Charlestown, called Claymont.org. Mm -hmm. And I had my first bliss experience and actually began to have intense kundalini experiences. And then I was Ooh. rather adopted by Itzhak Ben Bentoff, a stalking the wild pendulum book, who was the leading biomechanical engineer describing the physics of kundalini. And I became, you know, kind of a, we have a very famous project teaching the physics of kundalini, goldenmean.info slash kundalini. Incidentally, re regarding Buddhism, you know, of course, we did some graduate work on <laughs> origins of religion. And, and one of the fun uh, discussions that arose about Buddhism was, you know, uh, the Buddha said, well, you need to eliminate desire. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then yet at, when we were at the Gurdjieff school, uh, you know, we're with the Sufis always with the Gurdjieff school. And the, the Sufi saying was, charge the battery of yearning. <laughs> In other words, you need to yearn. Well, you know, is, isn't that desire? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, in, in the, in the material, there are thousands and thousands of scribes from the different Buddhist mon monastic institutions, and they all have different ways to describe their experiences and the explorations of consciousness. So uh, one thing I always caveat is just because it comes from one monastic school of Buddhism does not mean it covers it all, because um, everybody's uh, develop spiritual development and exploration of um, samsara is going to be a little bit different. And so oh, yes. that's why there's a plethora of, of teachers and materials. And you can see why they said that, you you know, to be attached to the material, the physical, you know, to money, as it were, might be a bit shallow in some ways. On the other hand, in, later in this conversation, when we get into the science, the electrical engineering of lucid dreaming and by location, which actually is about charging the battery of yearning, mm -hmm. that it was actually the yearning, the focus on the intent, the will, and literally desire that it put the wind in the direction of the sail of the lucid dream. And we have things to say about the physics of that. So, Well, that, that is a wonderful journey to, to get into this work. Um, so you kind of started early, like right out of high school. Right well, after yeah, well, I was fixing electric motors. I was Sparky the motor whiz. So I was highly electrical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> engineers ran in my family. But then, you know, the physics of consciousness, I spent 30 years traveling the world teaching the physics of consciousness on almost every major city in Australia and North America and Europe, actually, the physics of consciousness. And motivating that, my first lecture tours around the world were sponsored by Flower of Life Drunvalo, literally the origin of the Merkaba story. And we have a very specific understanding of the astral hygiene issues behind that story. Mm -hmm. Yes, lots of lots of different teachers that teach the Merkaba um, and basically your aura field. 
yes. which has and been touched in many, many religions all over the world from course. different aspects of how they see sacred geometry. And it's it's clearly useful. And the point we made and the article that we mentioned, you have the link there, goldenmean.info slash Merkaba. We have the animations and you can see those if you like. But basically, the classic story is you're visualizing interdigitating, opposing, rotating tetrahedra, star tetra, as it were, the top-down view of a hex. Basically, the star tetra makes a cube. Now, the interesting thing about visualizing a tetra cube around your body if you understand the physics of that tetra cube geometry, is you make only square root of two octave ratios in the cascade of frequencies around a cube, which is perfect in nature if you're trying to crystallize or stabilize, which is a great way to stabilize your aura. However, <clears throat> and Drunvalo, who we I know know Drunvalo very well and worked with him many years, but he always thought, well, there's a last step and it's kind of secret and it might be dangerous. Well, actually. The, the last step is actually quite clear, and that is you you tilt your head to the chin angle of the sphinx, and the pictures are there, which is 32 degrees, which is the angle which embeds a cube, if you tilt the cube at 32 degrees from the table, and then spin that and blink five times, you have a pent dodecahedra, and the symmetry went from hex to pent. Now, at that moment, something radical happens in the aura, and that is the onset of golden mean ratio in the pent, obviously the stars within stars, golden ratio. And that golden ratio enables something called implosion, or technically it's called phase conjugation of phases, recursive constructive heterodyning, non-destructive compression, which really is my life's work in essence. And when you have golden ratio implosion in the aura, many things happen, one of which is well, if you went there without pure intention, you're going to get dizzy. <laughs> and so, you know, Drupal may have gotten it right. He said, well, you know, you don't want to do this until you're ready. <laughs> it's, you literally make a turning inside out black hole. You went from hex to pent, and any witch knows the difference between hex and pent, and there's some pretty good physics there. <laughs> the, the change from octave ratio to golden ratio implosion means that as your aura implodes, you enable the possibility of converting the electrical term is transverse EMF into coherent longitudinal EMF, which is sometimes called scalar or torsional, the implosion wave. And that coherent longitudinal compressional scalar wave propagating is the physics behind lucid dreaming we're about to talk about, that if you made that electric field, you can actually trigger lucid dreaming either by teaching that in the brainwave or by producing it in plasma, which we do at therify.net. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a bit of a deep subject, but just to make one very simple point here, having traveled the world for many years teaching, you know, we did Flower of Life groups in many countries, that if you only do the tetracubic visualization, the classic Flower of Life, unfortunately, and you never do the pent climax, there's no implosion. And the difficulty is that means the aura is not self-sorting. The self-sorting moment comes when you go from hex to pent. You visualize the pent instead of the hex. And that implosion moment, it's true that if you're a shareable wave, little you've sorted your intention, which means you're not angry about anything. <laughs> In other words, you're ready for bliss or death. It's the same process or implosion. It's a little black hole. <clears throat> then your aura is sorted for parasites. Otherwise, you can actually attract parasites. And that's an introduction to Astral Hygiene 101, 
which is that if you're stuck in the hex and you never do the pent, unfortunately, your, your aura can be, you know, a subject for parasitic. And there's many, many stories of people who have parasitic activities. It's called astral parasites, plasma parasites. It's related to the astral hygiene issue of not having the climax event. And that's because that implosive moment from hex to pent <clears throat> creates that burning plasma fire at center. We call it <clears throat> flameinmind.com. <laughs> we measure it in brainwaves. And that fire at the center of implosion does the sorting. It's called negentropy, self-organization. And that's the title of my book. <clears throat> so I carried on a bit, but you see, there's an astral hygiene lesson behind the Merkaba story. And that's well depicted at that article, goldenmean.info slash Merkaba. <clears throat> right, right. So for like, so like in, in, in Buddhism, this, this, I'm going to explain it uh, in terms of um, just basic Buddhism. So you are energy that's what you are. These are the avatars in which we encompass for this sojourn within samsara. Okay. And lifetime after lifetime, you may change the costume in which your um, your energy field, your aura, your merkaba, your mandala, your whatever you want to add to your chakras, that whole energy field bubble in which you are will change from experience to experience. Um from avatar to avatar, from lifetime to lifetime. But the soul is the same and we can actually track it in semantics that the same person, no matter if you change the costume, will look exactly the same in terms of what the mandala or what the Merkaba looks like. The difference is, is that as you raise your consciousness and your frequency higher and higher into the higher dimensions um, and connect more to the source and more to light, your Merkaba will um, will get more information, get more energy, and as such is healing not only to yourself, but to the matrix itself, okay? Nice. And so that's how it's a shareable wave because when you are positive 100%. and you don't have any negativity and you worked on that healing um, and you your, your energy field is basically clean of, um, of any kind of negativity, impurities, lower vibrations like the map of consciousness from hawkins dr hawkins talk about um basically it is a it is a peer um peer bulb of you, you what we are is we're aura fields we are orbs yes. okay you're a peer orb and that has an energy signature that affects the greater whole and Absolutely. in another way to say is you're a shareable wave because they can Perfect. feel your energy. Okay. Yes. So that in short is for those who are going, Vaughn, I got, I, I completely got lost of the explanation of like, that's basically it. Okay. So work on your consciousness and, we, and your energy field and you will affect the whole positively. It's, it's beautifully put. It's beautifully put. You know, our friend Shelly runs the shareablewave.com because she works with us on all of this. And we, we totally agree with that. But I would just make one minor little suggestion. Mm -hmm. Supposing you could say that in a physics class with physics definitions, then governments and, and universities could make decisions based on measuring what is a soul. But maybe you'd have to be able to measure it. Maybe you'd actually have to know the physics of what you mean when you say soul. And then governments could make decisions based on bliss. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, let's, we, let's we, go to we, some we of that. Been, we have been on that task for 30 years. And by the way, we absolutely believe we have that answer. And here is that answer. 
that what you, first of all, when you said you're an energy field, more specifically, you are made of plasma, cold atmospheric plasma, which is 99.999% of the universe, which is basically a, a bubble made of charge, which is, agrees absolutely with what you're saying. But then if you make that plasma implode and become negentropic, there's a negentropic, there's a frequency signature you can read about at, plas at therify.net, which is basically two pine cones kissing noses implosively in the plasma. And doing that with cold plasma, we are doing rejuvenation commercially in 25 countries all over the world with great success, therify.net. Now, but on to the question of what is a soul. Ooh. You know, we are about to talk about what it is to lucid dream in the view of myself, an electrical engineer. We believe we can make the electric field that triggers lucid dreaming and triggers light uh, by location and a portal, namely therify.net. And we believe further that we can measure electrically the moment when that happens in the brain waves. And we have flameandmind.com working all over the world. And we actually measured when John Charles Moyen, you see that uh, flameandmind.com slash lucid brain link there in the credits here. So Jean-Charles Moyen, the very famous secret space program survivor of French, uh, repeatedly had such clear lucid dreams that he came back with sand between his toes from the beach with witnesses, repeatedly. So he was obviously bilocating. And then we measured how he did it. Yeah, and we're going to go into that. We're going to go into that. Electrical engineers actually know how. And the, how he did it was his brainwave harmonics make what's called a caduceus phase conjugation, mm -hmm. golden ratio harmonics, alpha beta, which is exactly the Schumann harmonics. And that implosive turning inside out creates compression at center. And that compression converts the transverse to longitudinal EMF, which was called the Ba from the Khan Egypt, the Kezjan body by Gurdjieff, and the rainbow light body by the Tibetans and a soul by you. So what you mean when you say there's a soul is the ability to propagate coherently in that longitudinal array, which is why it's called the dreaming track song lines, which is why ability to lucid dream predicts who will take memory through death. Hint, what is a soul? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to definitely go into that a little bit more. So according to Buddhist scribes in many schools, much of the oldest studies derived from folklores of Mu or otherwise known as Lemuria. So the first advanced Buddhist lesson, Siddhartha, Siddhartha Gautama, Bodhidharma, Tara, and Kuan Yin shows us that humans are portals to new locations, parallel realities, and dimensions. Okay, so okay. This, is, this is basics 101 in buddhism but not a lot of people get to some of this stuff because they're still working on the basics like how to be nice okay how many lifetimes to, to learn that uh, that one but that's okay um everybody learns and evolves in their own there's really no time so he could do this infinitely but um for those people who are ready for advanced studies of consciousness uh, a lot of the masters within many different monastic schools of buddhism have shown us that humans are portals we through our merkabas through our mandalas our the bubble energy that we are we have the ability to create black holes within our consciousness which propel us to different realities dimensions 
locations through our consciousness or what you would call dreaming, dream state, and also physically, which is what people experience in what they call parallel realities or the pop culture term is Mandela effect. So there's two ways to biolocate between um, states of uh, within the matrix. So please show us your brain, heart, entrainment research into lucid dreaming with the subject Jean Charles Moen as evidence of a human portal. Now I'm going to share my screen here. Um, yes, it's oflameandmind.com slash lucid dream. Yeah. Oh, well, this, okay, this this is the other. So this is the therify.net. Uh, okay, hold report. on, hold on, hold on. Let me get this all up here. Yeah, that's good. Well, that So that's therify.net in the blog. You'll see Myra, who's a wonderful shaman and healer. She's describing in detail, working with our cold plasma, therify.net. It's basically plasma tubes that we phase conjugate implode. And repeatedly, this triggered lucid dreaming for her. And she's describing that experience. And then below, we see that this has precedent that scientists have triggered lucid dreams with electrical stimulation, which is basically the onset of implosive compression. So what we're showing is that the ability to trigger a lucid dream is actually the ability to trigger compression. Now that science art physics article there shows that the frequencies common for triggering lucid dreaming where they trigger brain waves are 29 and 47 hertz. It turns out that's the theta gamma frequencies perfectly in the golden ratio cascade, starting with alpha beta, which we also showed triggered lucid dreaming. So we're basically using the known brainwave bliss frequencies all the way up to gamma in the plasma and triggering lucid dreaming. So you could close that page now that people. Okay. So, um, so let me, let me ask you, let me ask you this about the research in um, lucid dreaming. So when people lucid dream, which is, a very real life dream that seems real. They get all the images, colors, information, et cetera, et cetera. Not, uh, not a vague uh, fantasy, but a real, almost like uh, like you're there, but it's a dream in your dream state. That's lucid dreaming. So um, lifelike dreams. Now you're saying from your research that the brain waves of people who have lucid dreams, whether they, do, they induce it through some kind of technology or they induce it naturally, goes into gamma brainwaves. Is that correct? Actually, we know more than that. Okay. Uh, presence, of, presence of gamma, it was originally called Tibetan gamma plus 44 hertz, for example, in this case, 29 to 47 hertz. Um, the presence of gamma is a reasonably good in indicator because most people don't have much coherence up there in that high frequencies in their brainwaves. But when you really get a lucid dream is when the gamma, beta, and alpha are in a cascade looking like a caduceus based on golden ratio. Then you get implosive compression. That's when you get the dream lucidity. And the reason is because that caduceus shaped cascade in the brainwave harmonics implodes, compresses the electrical inertia from transverse through the squirt gun at the tip of that pine cone called the Planck threshold. And through that squirt gun, what squirts out is coherent longitudinal EMF, which is the ba from the ka, the rainbow light body. And that longitudinal or scalar coherence is the dream spell, the song track, the dreaming line. And into that array is where you travel when you dream and when you die. And any Aboriginal knows that you can inhabit that song line with longitudinal coherence. And that basically introduces a very advanced physics, which ultimately leads to this understanding that 
longitudinal EMF is what gravity waves are made of, very heavy thought, <laughs> and that's Bearden's work, and that's more advanced. We'll go there later. But also that this is the beginning of understanding the physics of what a portal is in biolocation, which we could discuss next, if you like. Okay, so um, so just so that I understand, and so does the audience understand. So when you're going to sleep, you your brain waves will go from beta to theta to eventually gamma. So that it's going to link all of it together, right? And then when you finally hit gamma, is that that's when people start having real life lucid dreams? Is that correct? Actually, the, the no. If in the next link we're going to look at the flame in mind link, you'll see more detail on this where we measure. Yeah, that's good. Now, if you scroll down there a little bit, I think. Uh, they, you can see some of the brainwave picture. This is Jean-Charles Moyen, the famous uh, secret space program survivor, French, and he's a filmmaker. He's very famous. Mm -hmm. Did our project together. And for him, when he felt intense yearning, <laughs> charge the battery of desire, then his brainwave would make, and now here's some pictures of brainwaves on the bottom. So actually, um, to answer your question, his the top blue line if you can actually see is, is about right 47 yes that is about 47 to 49 hertz in the gamma and now the bottom lower green line you see the green line yeah right that's the, that's the alpha now here we have about uh, 13 hertz alpha rather high frequency alpha and the physics of what enables the lucid dreaming moment is when the cascade of harmonics and actually the middle picture there might be best this right here yeah look at that, yeah, look at that. no okay so now he is at the moment where he's felt an intense yearning he's literally imploding he's literally electrically turning inside out and that charge implosion is triggered by that cascade, which is intense yearning, which actually is how we teach bliss in brainwave science called a aflameinmind.com. Mm -hmm. But now that, that cascade, if you look now, said same stay with that same picture in the center, the pink lines, the pink lines are octave harmonics in his brainwaves. Mm -hmm. And the blue lines are golden ratio harmonics in his brainwaves. Mm -hmm. So literally the pink lines that's the merkaba that's the tetracube in his brainwaves octave harmonics okay but the blue lines are pent harmonics that's the pent implosion that's the climax step and when you can do both you get a cascade that looks like a caduceus in the brainwaves and there may be other pictures i don't know if you scroll down right. where you can actually see in the geometry of the schumann harmonics that the brain is actually doing the schumann harmonics yeah, maybe if you, so if you actually just went back to flameinmind.com here now. Or, oh, no, this, uh, this is flameinmind.com. Yeah, and then delete lucid brain there and just go to the flame and mind link. Okay. Yeah, just delete the lucid brain part of that. Yeah, and, and at flameinmind.com, you will see the actual harmonics of the Schumann cascade from 7.29 to 14 Hertz. Yeah. Now just go to that link and scroll down a little bit there slowly. Yeah. So this is the home page of our brainwave for bliss. And this is, and you can, you can see here. Yeah. This, this is a picture showing the recording of the infrasound of Jean-Charles Hart, which is in red versus the infrasound of his brain, which is in white and the low frequencies of the brain heart are literally imploding 
and I can't explain all the physics here because there's too much, but you see the low frequencies of the heart and his brain are in training and imploding there. Now scroll down a little further. And so we're actually measuring the moment at which he triggers a lucid dream so powerful that it becomes a stargate, a portal. Maybe scroll down a little further now. There's a lot. There, these are the films of this happening here. Mm -hmm. And that's the same picture we just looked at. I wanted to see if, if the picture of... Um, yeah, this is this is where we are teaching young people to see without their eyes, which is a very common phenomenon. We can measure it and we can teach it. And the brainwave harmonics, you see the pink and blue are the same issue. You make that golden ratio versus octave cascade in the brainwave harmonics. And you see the frequencies are actually labeled there. And so that's, and she she didn't quite make the gamma. Look look at her up in gamma 40. Oh, she's got a 45 hertz. No, no. And so she does have that gamma. She is the of all, all our uh, flameandmind.com slash outer vision. And that's the link there. All the young people were teaching to see without their eyes. She's the best at it. She can play Rubik's cube with well blindfolded because she can see without her eyes. And all of the kids say the same thing. Oh, I saw a plasma vortex, a tunnel appear inside my head and I look through it and I can see. And we know why that plasma mm -hmm. vortex occurs. It's called the physics of consciousness is what that plasma vortex is. And that's why you can go outside your body. Anyway, the implosion that happens in the brainwave, it makes that teachable. But it maybe just scroll down a little bit more. Maybe Okay, I so real quick. So I, I, I want to ask the question about the brainwaves sure. and entrainment sure. between the mind and the heart. So um, when people go into lucid dreaming, uh, whether they induce it um, naturally through sleeping or they do it through... Um, the technology or through meditation will also get you into those high brainwave frequencies. Um, and, I mean, it's, right. it is the hygiene for bliss. Right. Uh, you know, you know it, even with flameandmind.com, we can measure when it happens. Can, right, we right. You, can we make you do it? Well, actually, we can help. We can do it with the plasma, therify.net. And also at flameandmind.com, there is the world's most powerful bliss binaural beat audio option called Flame and Sound where you hear that implosive low-frequency infrasound binaural, and it is very bliss-inducing. So there are many ways to do it. Right. So so just to understand for people, the bliss is when your brain waves, because we can just measure the brain waves, but it's your heart sending the energy to your brain waves, and you hit gamma. And when you hit gamma or above is when you hit that bliss, right? It generally, the ability and that's to when you lose. Eyes, you know, bliss is possible without gamma, but the psychokinesis, high-level bliss, the, then the caduceus cascade needs to reach all the way up to the gamma around 44 hertz. That's right. Or, it, and and it, can it go higher than gamma? You said octave, yes. right? Yes, but that's octave. very rare, actually. <laughs> but Okay. Yes. And what are the signs that if, because um, med meditation can and good sleep can get people into those higher states of consciousness to to reach gamma and above, which is that bliss, which is that connection in Buddhism, we say it's that connection to source itself, the spiritual emptiness of source itself, which is what we call bliss or spiritual emptiness. Uh, you, people have described it as nirvana. But if you go higher to octave, what are some of the telltale signs that you're going into octave besides you're having a lucid dream? It, well, does it? Well, remember, it isn't just a matter of making gamma. It's a matter of making a stairway to gamma called a caduceus cascade, where the harmonics of the, of the brain create that stairway. And it's true, that stairway can go much higher. Now, actually, maybe you could uh, turn off that your, your share screen for a moment here. We could just okay. 
yeah, just to have the conversation for a moment. It, your questions are beautiful. You know, the the hygiene to make bliss is obviously a very complicated question. Diet has to do with environment. It's also much more likely at sunrise and sunset. And we know exactly the physics is because of phase conjugation, actually. You're, you get embedded in a longer wave array, which in this case is a longitudinal array, which happens to be fractal, which is the only definition of going to the next dimension, for sure. Going to the next dimension only means the ability to embed coherently in a longer wave array, which is the physics of lucid dreaming and taking memory through death, obviously. And it does, it is indicated by the increase in the number of harmonics, but they must be in a cascade in the brain waves. And it is sometimes called the next density, which is actually appropriate term because in fact, as the plasma gets more dense at the center, the presence of the additional harmonics can implode coherently and couple with that longer, longer wave, which is why the infrasound is actually an indicator connecting the heart to the brain. But what I would say is that actually the presence of those high frequencies in the brain waves is not in itself success. That's only an indicator of your ability to embed in a larger array because at the climax moment, obviously you don't need your body because in a sense, as any Buddhist would, well, you are that plasma field. Well, that's what the soul is, the ability to be mm -hmm. coherent in that array. And here's a little indicator of that. We now know the physics of why during bliss you don't need or want to breathe. The breathing is only a phase conjugate pump wave, actually, which enables the compression, which enables you to inhabit a longitudinal array, which is called consciousness. <laughs> and uh, But when the high frequencies are present, it's literally, I mean, you're like a phase conjugate mirror. The reason you don't need to breathe is because you don't need to pump the low frequencies anymore. The inertia has become implosive. But, you know, so, and there, that is a bliss moment. It's very dense. And, you know, having 30 years of intense Kundalini, I can tell these stories, but I can say also it can be life-threatening if you go too far because. <laughs> you still but, need your body for this experience. Well, <laughs> you're, so. you're in, you, uh, generally you don't make it that far unless you, your intuition is working and your in, intuition will tell you how not to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. It, you're literally inhabiting a lightning bolt, which is a lot of fun mm -hmm. and in some ways makes simple sex boring. But on the other hand, you know, that intense charge will stress the mineral to water bonds in your body. It will accelerate metabolism. There are many byproducts in the psychophysics of Kundalini. And if I may say I may be the world's expert on that question, I suggest the documentaries, professional documentaries at goldenmean.info slash Kundalini. Right, right. You know, um, the uh, the late uh, mental health doctor, Dr. Uh, David R. Hawkins, he wrote about about this topic and he was he he spent his life going to different Buddhist monasteries, measuring the energy field of different monks and teachers and, and you know, and so forth, just in, just to see um, if their measurement through um, hypnosis, through meditation and just different various means to kind of measure okay is is this person what frequency are they re reading at etc like where are they in their spiritual evolution because your energy field and this intensity to hold in more light more energy of the higher dimensions and kind of um integrate in this in this current version 
equates to your level of consciousness. That's why the higher you are, the more energy you are. The caveat is that um, the human body can only handle so so much energy before it implodes it just cannot handle so um so a lot in in buddhism a lot of the avatars yeshua ben yosef miriam magdala um siddhartha gautama kuan yin tara i mean you name it all the masters that have mastered this incarnation um they can only go so far in terms of the consciousness because the body can't hold that much energy it's like a walking nuclear power plant of black holes so it's it's a black hole that's true it's a black hole but um but in short in short the thing is is that uh according to the late dr um, r hawkins he says from his life research um in his books that there is going to be an offshoot of humanity that he lovingly calls homo spiritus Okay, almost spiritus, where we live within and encompass um, that Christ consciousness, that blissful energy, that tapping into nirvana, tapping into source, and that that constant connection. So we are like homo spiritus. So we, we evolve in the spiritual side of of consciousness, and that offshoot and the people who incarnate and experience that version of timeline of reality. Do you hold? more energy because their nervous system has evolved and changed from um, the energies of the reality that supports that so um that it, it, it's a different side note but but that's what we reminds me of when you mention you know our energy fields can only go up to conjugate up to a certain frequency and we can't hold it and la la la, la. so that's what that reminds me of but but that falls right in line you have advanced Buddhism yes. of these masters showing you guys you can go up to this level and then you start popping in <laughs> to new well, dimensions. And, and we can talk now in more electrical detail about what that might mean. That, in fact, as you begin to experience that plasma lightning bolt bliss kundalini, that every time you think an unshareable thought, you generate heat electrically mm-hmm. because it obviously anger cannot implode it's destructive wave interference it's one over one over seven by the way so uh the ability to think pure principle as it were the shareable wave.com uh, is what enables you to stay at the center of the lightning bolt which is that every activity from there is about this condensing every human experience into pure principle which then survives the billion-year-old library of survival memory called the collective unconscious and the communion of saints. And getting in there is a compression event. It is the Mm -hmm. black hole physics of successful death. And it requires thinking only shareable thoughts. So to prepare yourself for bliss or death is the same physics, prepare yourself for implosion. And, And the other thing I would say would be that if you wanted to measure that, trying to measure the brainwaves of how to do that without flameandmind.com to have that accurate mind mirror right left cast and see the golden ratio there's no effective other way to measure the brainwaves usefully other than flameandmind.com because it's such an evolved tool to measure that onset but it's true you know in um in uh, the movie powder when he inhabits the lightning bolt or dave in 2010 from 2001 he's able to put his awareness anywhere into the array at will yeah yeah. Okay. So we're going to go because I found there were some advanced Buddhist lessons in a lot of the materials that you discussed on a scientific 
um, aspect of it. So the advanced Buddhism lesson number two, okay. The spiritual six senses reside in people who attain and maintain bigger oral frequencies like energy fields and work above mandalas, et cetera. It's about being fifth dimensional and above, which is your connection to Christ consciousness or the bliss of the Lord, God, whatever you want to name that. Aside from these six senses, this 5D infinite energy can be seen as ecstasy, energy healing, rapturous. There's so many different explanations to this. And some of the attributes, and please add to that, um, Dan, some of the attributes of higher consciousness is gamma brainwaves or a 5D or above heart, mind, body, and spirit connection. High vibe intentions, um, such as, like I said, Dr. David R. Hawkins' map of consciousness, having a high vibe intentions. Um, grounding yourself, having balance. Otherwise, your consciousness will be stuck in the higher dimensions and you just be up in the clouds and not come back to your to your incarnation and finish off what you came here to do. So um, you have to ground yourself sometimes when you're there. And some of the ways that people do it, um, and there's many, many different teachers that teach grounding techniques in these higher levels of consciousness is like a protective light, pyramiding pyramids, using your angels and guides to help you, um, taking keep keepsakes with you. Sometimes when people do meditation or um, go to sleep and they, they know they go into these higher states of consciousness, they have these kind of like portal-like biolocation experiences. They will keep with them a keepsake, maybe like a, a picture, a, a locket of their family, something that grounds them to come back to this reality. Um, and then, of course, to forgive and let go of attachments because releasing that negative karma, which is basically dense energy unresolved, and those attachments will keep your energy down. So it's all about healing. And the more you heal and the more you learn, the higher your frequency and energy, which you naturally came into. So those are some of the attributes. And uh, we're going to show evidence of a healthy frequency of source being 50 hertz or 53 hertz. What do you think? Is it 50 or 53 hertz, which is a healthy healing frequency? Well, very appropriate. And, And that brings up the issue. I think everything you just said is really quite useful and even beautiful. I would, however, comment that if one could describe some of these things electrically, then the conversation would be more shareable. For example, when when you said 5D, no scientist has a clue what you meant. Uh, However, now we do know it means the number of superposed spin symmetry axes that can embed as measurable by the cascade of harmonics. Yeah. is it on one of these sites that that um, that support that 50 hertz or 53 hertz healing frequency? Um, well, no, no it, that... yes, yes, we that's at uh, flameandmind.com slash life force. You'll see that entire story. And let me summarize. But I just want to say one more thing about the previous conversation. When you describe grounding, I, I emphasize and agree totally with that importance. But again, I would describe it electrically that when you say access to ground, what you mean is the access to the fractality of perfected charge distribution, which is the definition of grounding for electricians and psychologists. And in that regard, the book Earthing is a perfect example. And even when people come out of our plasma fire, therify.com in bliss, often the grounding is step number one. <laughs> and what that does is gives you access to charge distribution with respect to embedding in the earth around you. 
And that does lead up to the, your next question, which is very beautiful about the 50 versus 53 hertz question. So let me tell you a short story about that yeah. from flameinmind.com slash life force, where you'll see all the pictures of this. And here's the short story. It turns out that 50 hertz is the most common frequency mentioned in all cancer healing research literature. I have done the research. And it turns out we actually know why. And I'm the mm. only one that discovered that, which is that is exactly golden ratio exponent of Planck called phase conjugation, the origin of neg entropy, which is the title of my book. So if you take Planck length and time times integer exponents of golden ratio and make a caduceus, you land exactly, well, 49.99 hertz on 50 hertz. Yep. And in a 50 hertz environment, it's the most common frequency to heal cancer, including pre-urine therapy. So that's the perfect caduceus implosive cascade. And by the way, here's an interesting little anecdote. When Tesla screwed up and spread 60 hertz through North America, no one can grow carbon nanofullerenes. But in 50 hertz, you can do it. And that implosion, by the way, that industry will replace most of the technologies on this planet very shortly. So Tesla didn't understand. That's why he didn't get wireless global power distribution working in the whole story, because he didn't know how to implode the ground. So 50 hertz, yes, it's a bingo. However, 50 versus 53. So then we ran around and measured every sacred pyramid in sight we could measure. Well, real quick, quick, quick about the 50 hertz and cancer and illness. So... Um, when you do your brain waves uh, measuring uh, 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 to see if somebody's going to lucid dreaming or not, um, and in your graphs, it tells you the hertz that they're getting into, right? So um, gamma brain waves, what hertz is that typically that, at? That would that would go from 44, 40, all the way up to 50 and beyond. So yes, 50, 50 and beyond. hertz. Okay. Fifty hertz would be in there, and that is seen, and that is powerful and useful. Yes, okay. and the reason that the reason it's powerful and useful, we need to be clear, is because it allows the phase conjugate caduceus fractal implosive cascade of frequencies golden ratio to implode precisely to Planck. That non-destructive charge collapse, which defines the origin of gravity, consciousness, and life force, defines the origin of gravity, consciousness, and life force is that implosive cascade to Planck. That's the origin of negentropy, the only way out of chaos. So okay. that's why 50 hertz is valuable. 50 hertz. Okay, so 50 hertz is within the, the range of hitting gamma brainwaves frequency. Oh, yes, so, sure. and, yeah. that's the, that, and that is why oftentimes, because they've done meditation research on a lot of monks and nuns and different people in consciousness research <laughs> and mindfulness research, and they found that when the brain, because we, we don't know how to measure the frequency of the heart, not yet, but we know how to measure oh, the brain. I invented that measurement. We absolutely okay. We measure the phase lock, and you can do that at flameinmind.com, the heart brain infrasound. Absolutely. Perfect. I want to try that. And that too. is the motor of Kundalini, the motor of Kundalini. Yes. The heart is more important than the mind. For well, sure. it's higher voltage for sure. <laughs> it, yes, it's a higher power plant, but it, it's what fuels the mind. But um, but anyways, so getting into the gamma brainwave frequency and what they found in science is when you hit like high meditators, people who lucid dream, people who do energy healing, they're mm -hmm. all in that high gamma and above frequency. So you're yeah. saying from your research, you have pinpointed it to 50 hertz is the well, benchmark. It's the benchmark. But remember, what, it is not about just hitting gamma. It's about making the step ladder to gamma that looks like a caduceus. So you need, with, without the alpha, by the way, it ain't going to work. 
you need a cascade from alpha to gamma coherently. And you don't have a priority even measuring that without flameinmind.com. But I, I wanted to go on to your, your question about 50 versus 53. Okay. So, for, so for because because a lot of people that, that they love the podcast, they love it for the energy healing aspects of it. So I just want to just kind of close out this fifty hertz and the illnesses. You guys, if you this is why when you're like going through cancer research, you're recovering from illness, they tell you to other, your practitioners or your healthcare providers will tell you take a meditation routine, maybe try some yoga, try something you know that is going to kind of lighten up um, your perspective of life, etc. All these different things are different ways of introducing you to get you into that blissful gamma brain waves, high 50 hertz or above frequency, because that is the frequency in which you will energy self energy heal your body and yourself back to called, wellness. Which is called implosion, by the way. Right. <laughs> That's what makes you negentropic. And incidentally, I can give one little very simple secret there that the infrasound the biggest component of that infrasound is the mayer wave which happens to be the most important frequency in the blood the blood pressure natural resonance at 0.1 hertz or a 10 second wave and to breathe that frequency breathe in and breathe out five seconds in five seconds out that is the breath that enables that cascade because then your spine liquid pump is motorizing those high frequencies and so the, now you have nailed down two harmonics in that implosive cascade but so all that story is at the at flameandmind.com slash life force. And, uh, and by the That's way, 53 hertz, next level, 53 hertz. Yeah. Our programmer for all that, by the way, is a sacrocranial expert. So he's an osteopath. So that's why we're, we're quite able to measure the sacrocranial low frequency. But so, yes. So the 53 hertz. So then we were running around measuring. Uh, we have a project called bioarchitects.com where we teach uh, architects why the architects who builds a building that cause a seed or a child to grow measurably are the only ones that should get paid. And we have developed that curriculum around the planet. So a steel and aluminum building prevents a seed or a child from growing. And we mm -hmm. teach exactly that physics. So we went around and measured, of course, and bamboo buildings or natural material buildings, they implode and measurably cause a seed to grow and thus determine architects' paychecks. So that's called bioarchitects.net. So anyway, we're measuring all these buildings and Patrick, our programmer, went over to Sam's Bosnian Pyramid and here and elsewhere, and he got 53 hertz just about everywhere on the mm -hmm. magnetic line where I'm sitting in the Bosnian Pyramid. All these sacred sites were getting 53 hertz mm -hmm. and we're scratching our heads. We're saying, oh, shouldn't it be 50? Because the definition of a sacred site is the charge implosion distribution where Karatkov actually measured where um, Kogis are able to make phone calls to ancestors. He called it fractal air. It's literally a node in the Dodeca-Ecosa earth grid, a longitudinal node, enables telepathy measurably. It enables reduced nuclear critical mass measurably, and it enables phone calls to God. <laughs> so mm -hmm. at those nodes, we kept measuring 53 hertz. Okay. And then we actually figured out why. And this again... Flameandmind.com slash life force, all the pictures. Simple answer. The actual Schumann harmonics is 7.83 hertz dominant. But yeah. the Schumann harmonic cascade, which is the physics of why Earth Gaia is negentropic, proven biologically, self-organizing. The reason is because that cascade is implosive and tuned to punk. However, 
if you take Planck times golden ratio harmonics, you come to 7.29 hertz and mm -hmm. not 7.83. But otherwise, the Schumann harmonics are a cascade that's almost, but not quite, perfectly phase conjugate fractal to Planck. Okay, so let me explain that. Let me explain well, that let me, for let people. Me, let me oh, just okay. finish that story. Okay. So I need to, I'm explaining this to electrical engineers in case you'd actually like to know the science. The science is that when you take 7.29 hertz and keep going with golden ratio, you get to 50, which is the theoretical perfect. But however, the actual Schumann with the wavelength of this, the speed of light dividing the circumference of the earth, like ringing like a bell, the actual 7.83 hertz. And if you, if you multiply golden ratio times that, you get 53 hertz. So that ratio between 50 and 53 hertz is the actual ratio between 7.29 and 7.83 hertz, the real Schumann harmonic. And we prove that because now if you keep that cascade going, Sam in Bosnia couldn't figure out he goes to the top of his pyramid. He's always measuring 28 kilohertz. Turns out you keep going by golden ratio and you get to 27.9 thousand hertz literally predicting the high frequencies present also so we know for sure why 53 hertz is present at sacred sites because the schumann harmonics have been adjusted to phase conjugate implode to plant okay so i'm going to explain this to um the audience who is not so engineer um minded or they're like okay can you explain this to me vaughn so um and maybe you can you can fill this in as well, John, uh, Dan. Um, so in 2012 BCE, that in the Buddhist era calendar is 2555, which is the beginning of the new about 26,000 year cycle for Earth's consciousness. Okay, and advanced Buddhism lesson number three: everything is conscious and fractal aspects within God or the one Buddha's universal consciousness. So physicality is just condensed energy to create form for the sojourn's um, spiritual evolution and joyous engagement within its own creations therefore you know earth earth is a living being as are all of us and everything else within consciousness they're all living they're just even your table and your chair that i'm sitting on is a living being and is conscious it's just vibrating at a different density and frequency to hold that shape and form and have that experience so um so you know, the, the, the concept of reincarnation, was I a rock? Was I a, a lion? Was I a da, 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 was I a whatever? Yeah, you were all of that because you've had all those experiences within creation to experience all the different things that are created within creation. So anyways, the reason why I bring that up is many people believe that the last closing of the cycle, because a lot of Buddhists, um, monasteries did as well as a lot of indigenous tribes like east chiefs chiefs of easter island chiefs of native american mayans etc cetera, etc cetera. all at the same time around about around about 2012 we did the awakening ceremonies to close and acknowledge the close of a cycle of earth and welcome her new higher energy cycle we thought and i thought as well that she has reached that 53 hertz or 7.83 hertz frequency of higher dimensional consciousness. But you're, at, but you're saying from your research that she hasn't quite hit that yet. She's working her way up to that. Is that correct? Well, I'm saying that Anki, the guy you call Thoth Hermes, when he designed the embeddability of the Earth orbit, golden ratio to the Venus orbit, implosively, to create life, 
uh, that they got as close as they could to pure mm. phase conjugation to Planck to make life. So mm. the Schumann harmonics are so wonderfully close to pure phase conjugation to Planck, 7.83 and 7 7.29. So they're beautiful. The earth is very close to being perfectly negentropic, which is a fabulous miracle, no question. But let me say a little bit more about the epoch of time then, if I may. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, so first of all- I'm under was, the impression that we hit it, though, or that well, she's really close to hitting the benchmark close. because see, here, close, here, yeah. here's the thing that we, we know- could, in, We could have a rapture on our hands. <laughs> We could we could talk about that in just a minute. So um, just the understanding about the ley lines and the earth grids. Okay, the earth herself is a Merkaba. She's a bubble energy as well. And just like in all Merkabas, all bubble energy beings like us and her, her avatar is a planet. Okay, so um, but anyways, the the the, the advanced Buddhist concept of uh, Merkabas and mandalas when we talk about planetary consciousness which is even bigger than all of our individual consciousness we're just riding the way with her um the thing is is that all the grid points which is typically where um portal magnetic portals natural portals fairy portals pyramids megaliths etc all these ancient civilizations knew and buddhists know that earth has her grid points in her merkaba Okay, and if you put something there, um, then you can tune into the higher consciousness and that higher frequency point is where you basically connect with source itself. That's the energy healing frequency. That's the implosion, all these different things. But my question, my question here is, and this is where a lot of people have have questions. The, the pyramids you're saying from your research already hit that um, 53 hertz benchmark yes. of fifth yeah. dimensional and higher consciousness. They were designed that way, but the planet hasn't quite hit that yet. So she's working her way up there. So everybody has time. Is that what my question is? Like some people have I time to get it together because when she I hits that, anybody who's not matching that is not going to have yeah. a fun time. You know, I agree with everything you're saying, but about 90% of it, could not be discussed in a science class without more language. So mm. when you said a, a node is conscious, here's what you mean. And this is how you would teach that to a science class. After it was measured that earth grid cross points, the dodeci cross, cosa grid cross points, they, they reduce nuclear critical mass measurably and they measurably enable telepathy. That was done by Karatkov and Bruce Cathy. What that means is a longitudinal node enables telepathy because there is an embedding at that node where the transverse EMF, all of our radio, can connect with the more coherent compressional longitudinal array, the physics of what you call consciousness. So what you're naming consciousness for electrical engineers is a name for at certain nodes where coherent interferometry enables more connectivity essentially. So in practical terms, it means Therify.net and cathedrals and Agnihotra all work dramatically better at the moment of sunrise and sunset. Now we know the physics, what the indigenous call the sacred four directions, because that's the place where the compression wave crossed and enabled that standing wave node of compression where the pine cones kiss noses 
and the transverse connects with the longitudinal or the short wave connects with the long wave. There's a lot of ways of talking about it. So then applying that to your question about sacred time, just a little, again, just suggesting your language. You do you want me but, to show some of the websites so that you can look at well, some of the Well, they supporting... can do that later. The, okay. the pictures are all at goldenmean.info slash coincidence. And we started that by showing in the Mayan calendar, the golden ratio nodes of all their sacred increments of time leading to 2012, just as you're saying. Now, the reason golden ratio spacing in time enables charge coupling is the only actual definition of coincidence. But first, you would have to know what time is. Time is only a name for rate of rotation of charge. That's all it names. So charge rotates, stores inertia. We call that mass, the only definition of creation of matter. And charge rotation as a period, which are only definition of time. So when the short wave can connect with the long wave by, by charge coupling, optimized by golden ratio, which is perfected wave interference, I published the equations, that's why that's the definition of coincidence. And that creates implosion in time. And that's behind the concept of rapture. And let me give you an example. You know, you do not want to be left behind at the time of the rapture. What they meant was the, the guns will melt because they have the wrong dielectric. And the ancestors will rise from the grave because their plasma is enabled in distribution. You see, now that we know the physics, we can independently understand and be empowered. Right. Okay. So, so in, in short with this conversation about earth's Schumann frequency actually being 7.29 and working her way up to 7.83. Oh, it's 7.8. It's 7.83. And it is, it is well, 7.83 right now. Okay. Well, the, it's the dominant harmonic. It's a cascade and the cascade is golden ratio tune, which exactly defines the brainwave frequencies that create bliss and lucid dreaming in portals because that right. is the creation of implosion. But the actual calculated is 7.29 if you go golden ratio times Planck. And we know now that the earth was designed to be negentropic implosive. You know, when Lovelock proved biologically the earth is negentropic, it was the first time that negentropy had been measured since phase conjugate optics, actually, self-organization. So, so is earth's Schumann frequency is she at 50 or 53 right now? Which one? She's, the 53 is the dominant. 7.83 cascades up to 53. They're, the other harmonics are 30, et cetera. Okay. And they're golden ratio tuned. And they're very close to pure phase conjugate neg entropy. Okay, but she's not better. she's not quite there yet, but she's very not close. Quite no. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, because that's what people want. That's what people want to know. Do like do <laughs> for some people, for, for some people, because uh, this concept has been talked about in a lot of traditions. Buddhism, Hinduism, sure. you know, you've been talking about in the Bible is what they call the rapture. A lot of mo modern um, mystics call it the new earth, you know, in Buddhism, the golden age, whatever names, we're all talking about the same thing. There's nothing new that's being exactly. talked about. Okay? Something we're, new is to use electrical engineering to talk about it. That's, that's a new, new age. That is, and that's wonderful to provide and, and, the electrical engineering science behind it. It's inhabiting right. a longitudinal EMF coherent array. That's what it is. Okay. So in closing out, the earth is close to 53 hertz or reaching her, her, her peak medium. So she's close to matching up with those pyramids all over the earth, like um, 
like the Bosnian well, pyramid, for example, to reaching it or the pyramids, all the pyramids are at Dodecaecosa nodes. That's well known, as well as the yeah. cathedrals. So they are the, they, they were already designed to they're reach already that, there. Right. Because the, the original design of those pyramids was global wireless power distribution, yeah. which worked at the time. Here's my question for you with that. Okay, this is where I'm going with that. So all of the pyramids and megaliths were were designed and built at that 53 hertz. New Do Dodecaecosa nodes, and they were all right. tuned pretty close. Yes, five D plus blissful connection, blissful connection Harmonic to Christ, yeah. right? Yeah. Or, or um, when in Buddhism, blissful connection to yes. uh, source, source code, called God, consciousness, whatever. So, anyways, the pyramids and everything else are already set there. Now, when Earth herself hits that frequency all over. What happens to the, those megaliths and pyramids that are already, because now they're matching in frequency. What happens? What do you think is going to happen? Well, the alignment of the Earth's solar orbit within the galactic orbit enters what's called the erection of the Holy Cross, which is uh, the perpendicularity of the solar uh, orbit plane with the galactic equator. And those longer wave alignments enable a longer wave compression, which is intimately related to the rapture concept. And that enables inhabiting a longer array. Very similar to waiting until sunset to do your Agni Hotra and your hair stands up. The reason yeah, is yeah. Now, now there's an alignment which is galaxy wide. And the ability to inhabit that larger array depends on many variables. Basically, can you withstand implosive compression? the same thing you need to do in order to die successfully. And your ability to inhabit that larger array is well indicated by ability to lucid dream, absolutely. All right, so let's go into the next um, topic that kind of leads th this topic of ascension via consciousness leads to, which it is, is about or, ascension. Yes. Or, it is about ascension because ascension yes. is basically raising your frequency to fifth dimensional and higher consciousness, which is that well, embedding wave. a longer wave. Yes. Right. right. Um, I don't quite have the engineering terms memorized yes. yet, but um, but we're talking about this, the same thing. So let's go into advanced Buddhist lesson number four. Okay. Plank time. So plank time is relative to its dimension. The higher the energy field of the aura of the being's consciousness, the faster it's been, which translates to a time jumping, which is moving into higher versions of parallel realities and into higher dimensions. The higher the dimension, the less solid the form, the faster time moves, and the younger and more vibrant the people and the environment, the, you know, more colors, etc. So now that the earth is raising her frequency up to that 5D to 3 hertz to match all the pyramids around the world that's gonna be interesting is just to see this bing all the lights the light show <laughs> that's what i'm envisioning is a light show um all over the place but uh what are some oh. things that you suggest we can do to tune up to the merkaba oral field of the earth when she hits that frequency you know I think you talk about oral hygiene as a, a, a technique that you use astral to... hygiene yeah well astral hygiene Remember, Planck time is well-defined. It's the unit of time into which every event in physics divides evenly, just like Planck length and Planck energy constant. So it's a musical key signature of the universe. And if you multiply by 
powers of golden ratio, you get the caduceus, which defines all negentropy and all stairways to ascension, the next dimension, literally, because that's what enable harmonics to be superposed non-destructively, non-destructive charge interference, which is what you need to do when you die and lose a dream because you have to embed non-destructively in that array. Literally, your short wave has to embed non-destructively in the longer wave you call God. <laughs> and, yeah. and the psychology of that is very much like preparing to die, which is anybody you're angry at, you're going to need to sort that out. You ain't going to die well because you can't do compression. That way. Yeah, let <laughs> so go and forgive. You got to clear out those holes yeah. in your aura field that are... Yeah. are, are are yeah. what you call like open holes where parasites can come energy parasites exactly. can come into yeah that do well. yeah yeah your and, your melodramas are the ones that are creating those holes yeah. in your aura field yeah and the other thing i would say however is that every indigenous person whoever lucid dreamed and phoned phoned their ancestors and lived to be a thousand years old and many have not one of them did it in a metal building in a city with electrosmog. Not one of them. It ain't possible because the, the coherence of the electromagnetic array doesn't allow your aura to unpack. So lucid dreaming or successful death doesn't happen well in hospitals with electrosmog because they don't know what mind is. If you talk to the surgeons who document their out-of-body experiences, when they had the near-death experiences, the medical surgeons now, they know where their consciousness was looking at their body from outside their body. And the physics of consciousness is you cannot see yourself from inside an aluminum box like most buildings because your aura can't propagate. That's why your the, the children's souls die in steel and aluminum school buildings filled with electrosmog and bad air. Because if your aura cannot unpack, none of what we're talking about is possible. Yeah, yeah. I I really do like a nature school. <laughs> so a school that well, I will open a nature school. And I, I really do like the more the suburban and also um, island you know, living, the, the country wifi, living. <laughs> the Wi-Fi, the 5D, the electrosmog. This is going to this is destroying the souls of our children and the attention span is crashing. But now that we know what attention is, we might be able to create attention in children. You know, we know that if you take out the fluorescent light and put in sunlight, you can measure a dramatic mm -hmm. increase mm -hmm. in attention span. The physics is the solar harmonics are implosive, which creates attention. So obviously. Wi-Fi and electrosmog will and and a steel aluminum building and your children's soul cannot grow. It's very simple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, so stairway to heaven. You know that the song "Stairway to Heaven" or like the the, the Bible verse "Stairway to to Heaven." Like the angels crossed on different stairways up and down yeah. from yeah. the from the spirit world down to the earth, up and down. So, um. In scientific terms, I know what in Buddhism we would call it the like raising your frequency, raising your consciousness, well, ascending your energy field up and down. The higher up you, the higher up you go to, to the spirit world, the lower you come down. You come back down into the, the physical world. That's how our explanation is. What what is the um, the scientific explanation of well, the no, stairway I, to heaven? I showed you very specifically the only real physics of stairway to heaven. It was that middle picture, alpha, gamma, 
blue mm. peaks and red peaks. That is literally a stairway to heaven. And by the way, exactly on that ladder is the low frequencies of the heart, HRV, and the breath. That is a stairway to heaven. Uh, yeah, this is the, the original Merkaba page. This is a tetrahedral fire breath animations, talks about that astral hygiene. But the point is the stairway to heaven, the picture of the stairway to heaven are at um, uh, flameandmind.com. Yeah, if you scroll down, you see the Schumann cascade. Yeah, okay, there's there's a stairway to heaven on the left. See, see on the left there, five golden ratio harmonics. That's me having bliss in the morning. And you see the blue peaks there? Mm -hmm. And that's actually in, in, in phase with my heart, okay? So that is five golden ratio harmonics in the brainwaves. And by the way, in that cascade, I had great bliss, and I didn't quite make it to gamma right there. I had great bliss experience, but I, and I didn't make it to lucid dreaming, by the way, in that one either. But that's a stairway to heaven, quite literally. So we know what it is. We know how to measure it. And it's not subjective. And it's more than poetry. It's good physics. And so yeah. here's where we outer vision etc so yeah and, and if somebody if wanted to dan if somebody wanted to um get their brain waves measured um flameandmind.com so what what happens do they just email flameandmind.com or do you, you see on the right scroll up just a little bit now scroll up just a little bit no it's, see that no you scroll back down back down i should be operating here do you see on the right right here in this picture on the right is something that looks like sunglasses yeah yeah Okay, you put that on, it's a Muse headset, uh -huh. and it communicates with your iPhone, iPad, and then you get a picture like the ones above of the stairway to heaven in your brainwaves. And if you hook mm. up a heart center, you can measure your heart, a breath, a, a chest strap connects also. So that, that's flameinmind.com. And okay. uh, most powerful bliss, not only bliss measuring tool for brainwaves, but the sound bliss binaural that we generate there, the flame and sound, is the most powerful bliss inducing binaural sound on the planet. And that exact complex wave, that caduceus, low frequency infrasound, drives five different world changing technologies, therify.net, plasmafire.com, fivevibes.com, and there's two more technologies coming. They all use the same infrasound of implosion. And it's it's super powerful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, so get a Muse headset and then the, link it to your computer the, or your iPhone all or whatever. The instructions are at the top of flameandmind.com. Okay. So I'll put that in the show link. So if somebody wants to um, to actually measure, are they on the stairway to heaven? Hello. There it is. Yeah. And by, by the way, if if your house happens to be where magnetic line crosses, then the lower frequencies can enable that cascade. Yeah. Yeah. I happen to live on a on a grid point. Well, um, good work. Good work. Yeah, it just happened naturally. <laughs> I yeah. think, and this is my hypothesis, Dan. It's I think people who who enjoy living in the higher frequencies and trying to maintain those higher frequencies, they naturally gravitate to where the grid points are. So they buy real estate. And yeah. if you're into real estate, like I am, the homes that are uh, in good communities and that are typically very high value are typically on those grid points. Yeah, as so, every labyrinth and cathedral was. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, we we prosper on the grid points. Um, but and I think we do it naturally, intuitively. So, uh, true. But besides yeah. that, so let's go into advanced because advanced Buddhism number five. 
portals, dimensions, and realms. Now we're going to talk about this. I love this topic. So, um, which portals, dimensions, and realms, they are its own beings, having guards protecting it from the intruders of questionable intentions. So these are angels, guides, lion heads. Um, that's why, why lions playing with the 5D flower of life energy balls who guard the gates at every ancient temple that you've seen, whether it's in Egyptian, whether you've seen it in China, Asia, ancient, ancient um, temples in the water. You always see the lion or you, or you see that they're holding the, what they put that ball is that energy ball. It's the flower of life. It's a Merkaba. You are a flower of life. I mean, there's so many different ways in which we can see it. But anyways, that's typically the iconography iconography of what the lions and the balls that they're playing with in front of the gates and they're always in front of the gates um, and so that is a signal of a guarding the portals and dimensions and realms and the only way to enter is to be at that high frequency at that fifth dimension or higher 53 or 50 hertz consciousness. So worldwide, there's already established pyramids and megaliths marking the portals. However, many of my viewers use dowsing rods in their hikes to locate Earth's many nature portals um, on these ley lines. So here's some of the guides, you guys, because uh, I know you guys do this too. And you listen to the podcast and you go and you try these exercises. So please be mindful and cautionary about suspicious people and do not get lost. Okay, if when you're doing these metaphysical pursuits, um, meditate to get into fifth dimensional energy field or gamma brainwaves are also uh, a way to do that is to just make a list of gratitude when people are in gratitude, they've already scientifically proven that you're, you're you naturally go into gamma brainwaves. It's like a, a meditation. Um, sure. So get into those. Gamma brain, you got to connect to source, people. You got to connect to source if you want to get into this higher level of consciousness to have those mm -hmm. higher experiences. Um, bring bottle of water with you and um, so that you don't get dehydrated and a token to ground yourself, such as a keepsake, because sometimes you can go in there and you can be in those dimensions. And if you find do if you do find that grid point and you think it's only an hour, but you might have been gone for 10 and people are looking for you. Okay, so ground yourself so you can come back to your life. Um, and then here, I want to tell you, Dan, some experiences that my clients report back to me and some of my audience viewers report back to me when they try these portal exercises to find grid points in their in their um, their nature, their, their natural environment. So I've had a, a gal said, Vaughn, I did the exercise. I found this really ancient old tree. It totally steered me off of the beaten path. I went away, I found this ancient tree and I sat and meditated on this tree and this tree talked to me. And I had a great conversation about the tree. And then um, I, got, I had to get up to leave. I walked the normal way, I came back to this tree, did it again, tried to go back to the car, came back to this tree. And so then she basically communicated with the tree and said, I enjoy your company. I will come back. Don't worry about you, my friend, but I do need to go home. My family is going to be worried about me. And so it was my roommate. And so then she got up, walked back to the car, was able to go to the car. But she said she literally was stuck in this like this loop back to the tree over and over and over again. Couldn't get back. It was like, why am I why am I back at this tree? So that's one of the experiences. I had another experience where a client 
um, an audience member reported back, I did the portal exercise. I used the dowsing rod, the, the meditation. And when I was sitting there at the spot where there was supposedly a energy grid, um, I heard Bigfoot's growl. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. And they heard Bigfoot's growl in the near distance and it scared him. So he, he shook him out of his meditation. He got up and ran to the car. <laughs> okay, so when you're in these higher energies and you're sitting and you're finding one of these portals in nature, um, you're going to have some extraordinary experiences. And that's just a couple. I've had some people say they've seen um, like UFOs just pop up. I've had some people say that they find these spots and randomly there's nobody around, but all of a sudden there's somebody walking around and it kind of scares them because of the suspicious people, you know? So um, as these metaphysical physical pursuits to find natural nature portals and grid lines um, pursue with people, what are your advice for what they can expect and to do it safely? Yes, well, I, I think people should uh, learn a little bit about the electrical physics of what a portal is. Uh, maybe not time now, but the film I made with Elena Danan on the physics of portals and stargates went viral. Uh, but in brief, it is uh, when those harmonics implode and enable that compression, what is squirted out the center of the pine cone of compression through Planck is the longitudinal interferometry plasma projection. And that is the portal, that is the stargate. And the ability to follow that coherently with your attention is related to the physics of lucid dreaming, obviously. And the climax form of lucid dreaming is actually a portal, a stargate. And we now know how to measure that electrically. Uh, regarding the lion, I would recommend the book Secret Places of the Lion, describing how the why the lion guards the stargate in portal, because, quote, the lion serves you by smelling for fear. <laughs> and uh, obviously, to enable non-destructive compression, you must enter without fear. And fear is obviously resistance to spin. That's why it's the mind killer. But obviously, mm. also, in order to know that the, the space is sacred, you need to have uh, guides and intuition. And actually, you need a committee of ancestors, really, to do this safely. But yes, it is true. At the compression nodes of the sacred site of the Earth grid, what happens is your attention is enabled to travel through that wormhole and inhabit the longitudinal array. I'll give you the example. We were returning from visiting a a disabled friend of Valerie's here. And we went into a church to recharge and we found a magnetic line cross right at the center of the old French church. And I closed my eyes at the center of that line cross. And I realized I could literally look down that magnetic line like it was a transparent tube. In fact, I saw the the tube through the rocks and the water where the magnetic, it was literally an eyeball. I could look around inside the magnetic line. Uh -huh. Well, we understand the physics of what that is. It's enabling your attention to inhabit a longer array. Literally, remember, your mind right now is only a net of fireflies, the synaptic sparks. You inhabit an array. It's very simple. And what inhabits that array is a plasma vortex that you see through the wormhole at the center, and that's called the physics of perception. That's why you can see without their eyes, and that's what you take with you when you leave your body. Now, to inhabit that longer array requires a form of attention which embeds longer waves. 
what we were just talking about in terms of the heart waves and the brain waves, et cetera. And the aspect of fearlessness is the fact that when you understand who's living in that array and that you have permission to touch that array, and that's why the ancestors, the aboriginals, would only do it in the context of family memory. Because for the, for the aboriginals, that magnetic line was a family pet. And when the mm -hmm. elder died, the storm would go right across the continent on that magnetic line. That magnetic line was a family pet. And you dreamed and you did the song at each node to pet the family snake, literally. And this created a safe space in the magnetic line. And so if you return to your ancestral memory, you can inhabit the magnetic line fearlessly. Right, right, and the and the thing about the snake, I just want to mention about the snake because I know in in, in West in some Western um, spiritual or religious traditions, the the snake is a, is is like the devil or bad or whatever. But in a lot of Eastern metaphysics of like Buddhism, Hinduism, etc., the snake is like the Kundalini snake. Okay, yes. it's just the it's just the energy. It's the way the energy moves. Okay, energy doesn't move in a straight line. It moves kind of it, wavy yeah. and, and then called it, the rainbow serpent but, the rainbow um, serpent yeah, yeah. so and, so i just wanted and, to put that out there because some people hear some of these buzzwords from their upbringing in certain traditions and it just it just takes them out of the bliss and it just kind of throws them into well, this negative perception well, and it, it, in effect everything alive is a plasma serpent for better or for worse and in the case of Quetzalcoatl Veracoca called Serpent Birdman. It was a name for the physics of Kundalini in that the magnetic current up your spine mm -hmm. would then feed the bird brain, which is the biophysics of Kundalini, where the serpent right. turns into the eagle. And the wings are literally the ventricle horns, which crystallize in the presence of the coherent uh, sacrocranial, the, the, the song sound current, which... Right literally gets horny and it is conserved sexual juices and it's that's why it's they the call it ecstasy when you get into those states <laughs> so. and, that, and those are the horns of moses and lucifer it isn't either good or bad it's simply plasma power and it's, it's, it's just the way energy flowed right that's right okay. and it's how you use it right right and 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 that's the other thing too i wanted to clarify especially when people who are relatively new to some of these concepts like if you go to any buddhist or hindu monastery or ancient temple new temple whatever um but a, a lot of the um the art the artwork will have like the kundalini snake with the different heads coming up behind you all right and i know in my book buddhist mandalas i have a picture of me standing in front of one of the ones at my mother's buddhist monastery that we sponsor the artwork and rest restoration of but they're all consistent so they have the 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 snake head and there's not nothing denom dynamic or in negative it's just basically the kundalini snake and that person that's why you see like a lot of the masters are standing in front of one it's a symbol of that person has reached their peak in their spiritual evolution to have that energy frequency or that kundalini snake yeah. wave whatever you want to call it so that's what that represents okay it's nothing negative it's just for those who come from certain traditions that when they see a snake they think it's the devil it is a completely different interpretation. So the fact is when Kundalini climaxes, you can literally see through the top of your head through a plasma snake. It's literally an eyeball and mm -hmm. you can direct it. And I've had that yeah. experience. Yeah, that, that's and that's why in like in in Eastern artwork, there's usually six heads, three above, three below. 
and then you. Um, okay, so not to get into Buddhist art history or, or Vedic art history, but also in the terms of portals and biolocation, okay, because there's two, in my understanding, in, in learning, learning this through Buddhism in my lifetime, there's two forms of biolocation. One biolocation is physical biolocation from point A to point B in the same physical existence. Like maybe you biolocate from your kitchen to your bathroom, whatever. Or um, or Robert Monroe and his institute has shown, uh, shown this where other people saw him in a physical location that he wasn't there at, whereas he was at a different location physically at the same time. So the physical biolocation and, and Buddha Siddhartha Gautama, the first Buddha, was well known, and so did Bodhidharma. That was one of their six senses, was well known for physically biolocating from point A to point B in the same reality. Um, do you have any uh, research regarding physical biolocation? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a fun question, and we'll have fun. With I just want to say, last thought on the previous topic. Uh, after I taught HeartMath Institute to measure EKG and to do EKG harmonics, I also showed them dozens of times we measured a thousand hertz at the crown chakra from the heart. Literally, oh. literally the thousand petaled lotus. We've measured it dozens yes. of times. So, so the, yes. it's a beautiful metaphor. Who, <laughs> who reached a thousand hertz? Did you uh, measure well, actually, it in somebody or what did you, what no, did you no, measure it's it? It's actually at? very common when you have a coherent EKG. I, I invented the concept of heart coherence in the medical literature, I'm credited for inventing the word heart coherence. You can read about this at realheartcoherence.com. And I taught HeartMath Institute how to measure their first EKG and how to take their first EKG power spectra. And then I discovered how to measure heart coherence, which is second order power spectra. So I, I hate so the heart, that. So the heart can go to a thousand hertz? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, for sure. Does it go higher than a thousand measure, hertz? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. We measured almost the exactly most is a thousand multiple okay. times, specifically at the crown chakra, a subcomponent of the EKG measured at the crown chakra. But that's a thousand hertz. And 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 when you were scientifically measuring the EKG of the heart and also of the crown yeah, the chakra crown. at a thousand hertz, yep. um, it the the graph looked like a lotus. I can't say that because this was a Fourier transform, FFT, fast Fourier transform spectrum analysis. Okay. And, we, and from between zero and 30 hertz, I discovered the infrasound that you can measure love in the EKG and it is a lie detector. And that whole story is at realheartcoherence.com. And we don't have time for that story now. Yeah, yeah. It please oh. see the, the literature all there. But now, I want yeah. to I love that. I love that because the the lotus in um in a lot of Eastern philosophies is a symbol well, of the enlightened person, and you are the one in the middle of the beautiful true. lotus. It, it's a perfect flower, and it is a fractal implosion at the center node. It's it's all true. It's all true. It's good physics. <laughs> but but uh, your second question, you know, the problem with your second question is Einstein's confusion. Okay. Einstein said that all action at a distance is spooky. And because he never figured out why an object falls to the ground, he also never learned the physics of action at a distance. Mm -hmm. Now we know. But Einstein, Stephen Hawking, and NASA could not tell you why an object falls to the ground. And therefore, they could not tell you why any action at a distance happens. But now that you know that this longitudinal coherent compression node is literally what's called a gravity wave. Read Tom Bearden. Mm -hmm. So now you know also that when that transverse EMF reached that compression point, 
that the compression wave called longitudinal, sometimes incorrectly scalar, will only exchange inertia again with heat transverse at another wave node. Mm. And when it does, you get action at a distance literally because the connection is measurably superluminal, faster than light, by golden mean ratio multiples times the speed of light. And Raymond Chow measured that. So actually, we now know the physics of action at a distance. And you didn't want this long answer to your question, did you? But if you would like a real answer to your question of how bilocation happens, you need to be able to think about longitudinal coherent EMF array physics, actually. Mm -hmm. What these standing wave nodes contain in them is an array of billiard balls bouncing between these standing wave nodes at golden ratio multiples times the speed of light. So the connections become virtually instant. Now, in conventional physics, that's traveling called at the speed of thought, right? Well, actually, golden ratio multiples times the speed of light, 1.6 times the speed of light per Raymond Chow's own measurements of faster than light velocities. And when we prove that golden ratio multiples of the speed of light is the dominant velocities faster than light, that's the smoking gun proving my theory of gravity. Anyway, mm. the physics of this action at a distance then is the introduction to how bilocation is enabled by getting compressed into that longitudinal array. And then you can wake up and you inhabit every node, just like Dave in 2010 after 2001, he could show up in anyone's TV set. Why? <laughs> okay. Maybe that's an evolving science that we're going we're gonna to slowly No, it's learn. a science that we figured out for those who can think clearly. Okay. Can we do it? start by lucid dreaming and getting brainwave coherence but yeah <laughs> okay so then we'll go into the second part of the portals conversation so in okay. buddhism the other part of portals is to basically bilocate through consciousness so you can see yourself bilocating through consciousness from one version of reality to another version which we call mandela effects or um in lucid dreaming and I i'll give you my two examples of by location to consciousness. So I've done many book interviews and many interviews with other authors about my personal Mandela effects. Okay. And I've had, I've had, I was telling you earlier, I had one recently where I went to my chiropractic office and um, a new section that they were always talked about wanting to build out was built out. And they said that it was built out two years ago before the pandemic. Well, I've been going to the chiropractic office throughout the whole time and I never saw it and then I went to this last visit and there it was completely built out and so I know it's a, it's a Mandela of personal Mandela effect for me just like um, growing up knowing about um, and ex experiencing publishers clearinghouse and Ed McMahon where this doesn't exist in this reality okay um, or knowing the bible verses of the lion and the lamb whereas in this reality it is the the wolf and the lamb and all of my 1583 Bibles, Latin Bibles that I've been reading state that as well. So I know it's from different parallel realities that I've experienced. The other thing also is biolocation through lucid dreaming. So I just had one recently um, and it's kind of a sad reality, Dan. So I had this quick lucid dream where, um, and I see colors in my dreams. I see all the images, it's very real, but I know it's a dream because I know when I'm dreaming um, physically. But basically the lucid dream was many people live in apartments and um, they were very docile and very compliant. N 
uh, I went to university and a lot of the books were very safe. There wasn't a lot of controversial books. There was all banned and removed. Um, and so I, everybody basically is just kind of shuffling around doing what they were supposed to do. And they all had rations for their food. And people didn't live very long. They lived to maybe about 60, 65, and then they passed on. Because I was like, where's all the old people? And they're like, oh, people just pass away sooner. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I also found it interesting that living in the cities and in these apartments, where many people were, um, they didn't really have trees or grass. And so I said, you know, why don't you guys compensate for the food rationing by growing your own vegetables you know, some potatoes or whatever. And so some people are like, oh, that's a good idea. And so some some of my friends did that. And um, one of my friends had that outside of her apartment and a drone came by and it stopped and it zoomed in and it saw that there was some plants growing and it came in and it just sucked all the plants out and it gave her a ticket for littering. You are not allowed to grow your own foods. And so I said, this reality really sucks. You were, all... you were seeing a, a Borg soulless future. And, I and know. That is, that's and a I very thought... likely scenario unless we figure out what it is to have a soul and teach our governments quick, actually. Right. And, right. And, and so it was a very sad reality. I said, oh, I'm so glad I, I got a glimpse of that. But I'm really sad for the people in there. But they didn't know any better. No. So it and wasn't like they were in slavery. They didn't know any better. They thought this is normal. They never questioned anything. So also, I felt like I was the smartest person in the planet. And it was, I'm not the smartest person in the planet, okay? But um, it, it felt like the consciousness was a little dumbed down. So I was like, oh, this is very fascinating. I woke up, I told my husband about it. And uh, and I have many of these lucid dreams in different parallel realities, not ones where physically have Mandela effects, but just kind of have glimpses of potentialities. Yes. So what do you say for people who have personal Mandela effects and also people who have experiences of other realities within their, their dreams? Yeah, their well, I think it, first it would be important to learn some of the physics, and that is that fractionating timelines is actually fatal to cultures. So you mm. start with a basic principle that um, a strong emotion creates a wrinkle in time. So you can time travel back and forth between nodes of strong emotion because they leave that compression node, which then can be contacted. So that creates a bit of an array. Now, if the strong emotions are on a grid and a fractal in time, then that array becomes a coherent collective unconscious, which is literally a, a fractal longitudinal array, the song lines. However, if event histories fractionate, and this is called the Templar Agenda of the Repair of the Fabric of Time, it's a variation mm. on the physics of fractality in time, that if the major events in a time history begin to fractionate, it actually means a civilization is, is, is losing its collective conscious and therefore more susceptible to parasites. So this is advanced physics, actually, but it has to do with the Dracos and the Greys, for example, as Nebu parasites. After Montauk and Philadelphia experiment created a fracture in the fabric of time, the subject was, the planet was much more susceptible to astral parasites, Nebu, Draco, and Gray, Elena, Danan, et cetera. So the, fract, the restoring, restoration of fractality in time enables the pattern density of these experiences to return to an ordered fractal rose-like grid, the actual geometry of a proper collective unconscious or communion of saints. 
So okay. experiencing, experiencing discontinuities in time can be an, a, an example of, of a, a, you know, bleeding astral hygiene on some occasions. For example, when Drunvalo said he had a walk-in experience, most psychologists would correctly call that a psychotic break. Because in fact, you know, letting another memory inhabit any break in the continuity of memory is a break in ensoulment, actually. Continuity mm. of memory ultimately means rose-like fractality. That's defining continuity of memory, which is why ensoulment equals re-inhabiting long wave memory. Mm -hmm. I also have astral dreams of the future where I'm a space farmer in my own spaceship hovering earth and then basically growing various plants and fauna and then shipping it through portals within my spaceship to different galaxies and just different um, businesses all over the, the galaxies. We're caught, we're mm -hmm. um, interdimensional and we're also uh, intergalactic as well. So that's, but it's the same. I do the same exact thing. I do the podcast interview, but I interview different um, races in different galaxies and ask them, how do you connect to consciousness? How do you raise your frequency? And just learn from, you know, each other. So the same thing, just in a more galactic level. So um, that, that's interesting. You know, the thing is, is that I, I want to close out this, this concept of biolocation, um, either physical with Mandela effects or um, through consciousness, through lucid dream. When we get these bleed through experiences or visions of maybe realities that aren't as pleasant or ones that we prefer to um to preview how do we um how do we incorporate so that it doesn't like you know affect well, us negatively i would recommend jane roberts seth book education of oversoul seven mm. when one of the uh, uh, fragments of soul memory was inhabiting an ancient cave in South America and saw a vision of the pattern on the carvings of the cave wall, there was a bleed through to an identical pattern in a cathedral window in Gothic Europe. Mm. And that pattern density created a bleed through between two, two different incarnations of the same soul. But the thing is, your soul, your, your oversoul, as, as Jane Roberts or Seth would put it, doesn't even uh, know you're there or attend to you unless you're serving your higher soul purpose. Then the mm. other incarnations of the same soul begin to make those connections. So it's so a matter all of come together. They're remembering your long wave intent for being here. <laughs> right, right. So all these. So if you if you have these bleed through experiences with biolocation through consciousness or lucid dreaming, astral projection, I think is another word for it. Um, you're saying just basically like integrate it, integrate it into the whole we'll thing. Find but, your oh, long, all the way up. Your long-term big wave intent. Like, oh, I was, I originally came to drain the swamp, but now I'm up to my ass in alligators. Can I remember <laughs> why I came here? It's yeah. the same phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I left that, I left that. I mean, I woke up in this reality, but I left that one with, uh, obviously, I think I have, planted some seeds just by existing in there exactly. because you know i planted some seeds and then over time they will that timeline will, will hopefully merge into the higher timeline um okay so let's let's move away from that um advanced buddhism i have two more advanced buddhism lessons advanced buddhism lesson number six portals are airports the great flood and other 
disasters destroyed these airports connecting the world and other worlds together in our interstellar ancient past. If humanity proves to be of integrity by radiating at a, radiating at a fifth dimensional and higher consciousness, that 53 hertz that we've been talking about with Earth, they will reintegrate and our ancient Star Wars past can be healed through out all timelines past and future now buddhist monks and nuns love the star wars folklores and the children harnessing the force which is fifth dimensional christ consciousness from source or god here's the worry the worry is the worry is that will humanity mature spiritually enough to not repeat the history lesson of letting our ego create havoc within the universe and so with that can you please explain how these earth portals can become stargates to other planets and star systems well i think a basic education in galactic history would be step one uh, the link is fractalfield.com slash fusion in the blood. I've been working on that for years with Elena Danan. The physics of the Great Flood was when the intergalactic, I'm sorry, the Galactic Federation came here uh, tens of thousands of years ago to take out the Nebu, Gray, and Draco and blew up Tiamat. The water caused was the Great Flood around uh, 10, 12,000 years ago. Uh, it's called the Lesser and Greater Dryad Flood. And uh, one of the things they did at that time to try to trap the Draco Gray parasite Nebu here was set nuclear generators in the hollow metal Andromedan moon, uh, which increased the amplitude of the Van Allen belt, which trapped the Draco and the Gray here at that time because they couldn't get through. And those harmonics are related to Schumann and that tuning we just discussed. So they didn't have real Stargate portals at that point and were trapped here, which is behind your Buddhist story. But the reason they were trapped here was because they hadn't understood how to do a real Stargate portal, which actually ultimately can be done without equipment when your aura is coherent enough and witness... Um, in your Merkaba. Yeah, we don't Jean, need the technology. Well, Jean-Charles Moyen had an extremely coherent aura, and we were able to measure, and he was actually turning inside out electrically implosive, which is actually a climax form of bliss, actually. And that wasn't available mm -hmm. to the Anunnaki, Draco, and Gray, the Nebu, and witnessed the fact that one of the reasons they had their problem and why they were parasites and why they were here, called Nephilim, meaning fallen, was because... They lost long-term memory. Ooh, what is it to lose a soul? So this this they is they were total, disconnected from source. This this is total recall. This is Groundhog connection. Day. Groundhog Day is actually about discovering the physics of what it is to have a soul. Mm -hmm. That's why, in fact, the Italians cheered when I said culture is not the shoe polish color and the wine color. Culture is do you have the skill to teach your young people how to have a bliss experience? Because yeah. that's the beginning of ensoulment. And that's why it defines culture. The solution is always the same, Dan. It's to connect your, your consciousness to source in the field and then enjoy the sojourn that you're incarnated into, whether it's here, in other dimensions, in other galaxies, wherever it is within samsara. It is to enjoy the experience and be grateful of the experience and make the best of it. This, it's a spiritual it, it, solution for everybody. It's, it's, it's really true that your Buddhist story there takes on a beautiful new light 
if you study the galactic history from Elena Denon and myself, fractalfield.com slash fusion in the blood and her book, A Gift from the Stars, you see in detail how that galactic war caused the flood that closed the portals and stargates. You know, the thing about the conversation of portals and stargates, whether it is uh, uh, through technology, through stargates, or through the grid lines, or through the, the black hole, which is within your activated Merkaba or mandala, um, the, 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 thing, the thing is, is that it, uh, humans, okay, this is, a Buddhist, this is the last Buddhist lesson, you guys. Advanced Buddhist lesson number seven that Dan Winter's scientific research does a wonderful job uh, explaining. We are mini gods. We are or what they call True. Buddhas. Bu- a Buddha is a Sanskrit word from bud, which means to awake. Someone who's awake within the creation. Okay. And to be awake is to be of, of higher consciousness. So we are mini gods within consciousness of the main universal mind, God, which is an infinite energy field or portal. God is also a bubble. It's a bigger bubble. Um, therefore, we have dominion over our reality and can create within it our own hell or our own heaven. We reincarnated to create to be creators. So aside from thousands of existing meditation research showing that gamma brainwaves and above meditation for love and peace, they do affect the communities such as... Um, reducing the violence in a specific area when the large med- groups of meditation yes. happens. So yeah, exactly. So there's there's so much scientific this we're not talking woo-woo stuff. None of the episodes of Macabre Chakra is a woo-woo. It's all scientific and we have provided so many and Dan has done a wonderful job with his resources in the show notes. Um so if you want to like dive into the engineering aspect of all the metaphysical conversations that we have that's scientific um it is there for you so here's the thing with this question about portals dan i can see through the buddhist folklores of um you know higher quote quote beings that are having maybe devious plans to uh, according to the folklore keep humanity at a lower level consciousness by continuing to create psyops to you know create suffering and, and so forth to so keep them in lower consciousness to not realize that they they are many gods and they have mastery over um, creations because here's the thing if we get to a point where we're not using technology as portals to go from different um, galaxies and we're just using our own consciousness the own we're activating our own black holes to pop in from earth to venus to Andromeda, to wherever. Okay, that can kind of scare some other galaxies. Uh, we have humans popping in here again. Well, actually, poking into. I mean, our, what do you want to say about that? That the potentiality I, is there. The science is there. There's definitely tens of thousands of advanced humanoid civilizations in this galactic sector alone, and it's childish of us to think of ourselves as superior in any way. Uh, Elena Danan and others, Alex Collier, we all know that. However, uh, the reason we are so interesting is our genetic diversity is so great, and our uniqueness in many ways enables us to bring a vaccine to those Orion Wars. So I would say that your and What land- is the vaccine? What is the vaccine? The vaccine for the Orion Wars is the fact that they lost long-term memory and came and parasited us, but they 
they seeded our gene pool in a way that those Hermes, and they're now returning, they're called the nine, uh, 300 starships in the orbit of um, Ganymede. And uh, if Thoth Hermes Quetzalcoatl has come back, <laughs> uh, Schwarzenegger wasn't the only one. And, and uh, the seed of the caduceus, which is the secret of life force, phase conjugate fractal charge implosion, was planted then and it is growing now. And I would say specifically, when you said, you know, your relationship to God, if you took the word for that, the dominus and domain, and do not translate it, put that word into physics, what is a domain? That's actually the inhabiting the longer wave electric field, which is your domain. It's what makes you God. What you used to call God is your ability to inhabit a longer wave domain. Dominus phobiscum, God be with you. Be in the domain. And, and when you're centripetal in the center of that, you can wiggle your aura and stars will listen. Mm -hmm. So, so Dan, uh, in summary, uh, these, these uh, beings, according to the, the Buddhist folklore, because I, I know there's, there, there's a lot of people that speak and, and it, they say it's a first-hand experience, but according to the Buddhist folklore, these quote, quote, alien beings, lost their spiritual connection to source true they came here to try to create and then en enslave their creation um and in a weird twist of fate we're the solution because <laughs> we show them how to reconnect to source well, you know, I think the song went looking for a heart of gold and growing old. They, in fact, catastrophically began to age when they arrived here and they built these plasma tubes on the pictures on the wall of the pyramid, which is now called therify.net, which is age reversal. And they called it, I will raise a shem unto the Lord, which actually means I will make a fractal field, which creates rejuvenation. That's what a shem, a shem unto the Lord is. And so actually, yes, they genetically engineered the gold miners, the Anunnaki, and we were mining the gold for them, uh, Takadama, uh, slaves from Orion. But in retrospect, the seeds that Enki planted here, now Thoth Hermes returning, uh, planted the seeds of genetic diversity, of implosion, that could create a new level of leverage for the human species, where our children could grow up and become literally star inhabiting. Every ancient religion was called a sun god religion because mm -hmm. if Osiris didn't, the plasma wasn't centripetal in the heart of the sun, it didn't grow up. Mm -hmm. And the solar shamans all three see through the heart of the sun like it's an eyeball. And that's why they were sun god religions. And we are destined to grow up there when our plasma is coherent enough. And it starts yeah. with lucid dreaming. It's fascinating. Can you give the audience a last message for their journey to centripetal? implode into the higher fields of consciousness and have these wonderful experiences that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it is about hygiene. The book, our book, Conscious Kids, goldenmean.info slash conscious kids, ecstasy and immortality, it's called, was a list of hygiene. Basically, eat raw food and interview your broccoli to see last time it felt genetic diversity, then you'll know why the corn and the wheat is poison. Because without genetic diversity, and there's the breath, and there's the hygiene and there's the diet. And then there's a the hygiene for your thinking that think nothing but shareable thoughts. And finally, in addition to earthing, grounding is 
the necessary science to inhabit a place where Schumann resonance can ring through. And that excludes almost every modern, modern building. So mm. as we learn to find sacred, you said you found a magnetic cross point. We really need to learn to inhabit sacred space or our auras are not going to grow. Wow. Mr. Dan Winters, thank you again for offering your lifetime work into portal technology and consciousness. So for more information about Dan Winters offerings, please visit his website, goldenmean.info or fractalfield.com. I think there's a third one that you mentioned as well. Is yeah, the technologies are at flameandmind.com, therify.net. Okay, awesome. And that's going to be in the show notes as well. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Thank you for inviting me. Blessings. Sending love to all. Be a shareable wave. <laughs> Definitely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.